0: I'll say now you're tuned into the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host Devon Pouncy. We are here at the Momentum Studios, myself Spencer Shea. Yes, sir, Spliffy Wonderland. <laughs> back in, the, I'm back in the driver's seat this week, y'all. I'm back in the driver's seat, my man. Yeah, you took the Spencer keys. Spencer held it down last week in the driver's seat. I appreciate him for that. It was good, man. Good for you to get that tape. Yeah, man.
1: Hey, I like hosting. The tape is important. Hosting is fun because I get to talk more.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> true, true. That. True. No, that. I'm just kidding. No, but uh, but yeah, the tape is totally important. That's 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 it's been important. the whole pursuit the pursuit of this year, especially on like a media standpoint. Is like
0: I just got to get the reps. I got to get the tape. Yep, it's important. And so I know. mean, I, that's what I dealt with coming into radio when I initially got into talk radio my tape was this podcast right you know what I'm saying like when I first got into talk radio I never I did a campus radio show but it wasn't even a sports show but this obviously being more of a sport yeah 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 (laughs) I did that on like campus radio when I was in college but in terms of me having something like more sports centric to be able to give over to the execs of the sports station, like, this was my tape early on in the podcast stages, and then that worked from there. And then, you know, once I got into being able to even do live in-game broadcasting, like, the more tape I had, the better off I was when I wanted to get from spot to spot to spot. So the tape's important, man. It's very important. Very important. Well, I'm sure I'll do it again at some point. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it. Just – Even here, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, I'm driving it today, but I wouldn't mind letting you, you know what I mean, get your reps in. Like, we come in here and we do this every week, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, that to me, every bit as much as the content is the purpose of this podcast, like, what it does and the opportunities that the the platform creates is every bit as much important for me because... It's happened for me and it happened for me so early on in the stages of me doing this podcast that I just naturally started to view it as such. You know what I'm saying? Like I naturally started to view it as, oh, I'll never not do my podcast because my podcast was literally what got me in the game. It was my tape. It was my resume. You know what I mean? It was my it was me being able to show that I have the ability to do this, to be able to even get my first job as an on-air host in that way. So everything I was doing was more behind-the-scenes production, and then, I, of course, I hosted my own podcast. But for me to be able to move into that host seat, it was this podcast that got me into that. So I'll forever do this podcast for that reason alone. So definitely, we'll we'll have you in the driver's seat a bit more on here. I'm in. <laughs> we'll, I'm in. I'm we'll do that. I'm down for that, 100%. Win shares, win shares, we got a big week ahead Um, starting off tonight, I will be at Mermosa, 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. DJing. I'm back on the ones and twos. I will be spinning there. And I got to say, as I get into these announcements, a lot of y'all been hitting me up because I haven't been DJing nearly as much. I've been broadcasting like crazy for four different teams. And so there's been a lot of schedule conflicts in regards to me being able to call games and DJing. And I always kind of make broadcasting my priority at this time of the year, just A, because it's seasonal, and B, because I love it that much and because, you know, I just make that my own personal priority to broadcast and commit myself to broadcasting for those, those really few months that it's heavy, you know what I'm saying, where I'm doing more broadcasting than DJ gigs. When you first kind of get into the season, especially in college, It's non-conference basketball, so a lot more road games, a lot more playing in tournaments, different things like that, but it's not until pretty much January when conference play starts that you're either home or away, and it becomes a lot more consistent, and you have kind of, you know, the bulk of the bigger bulk of home games during that part of the year, and then after that, you kind of get into national play, and then tack on me doing the remix. It's been a grind, and I haven't been spending that much, but... It feels good to be missed. I'm not going to lie. A lot of y'all been letting me know that, you know, y'all miss me out on the scene, spinning the ones and twos. Um I appreciate that. Obviously, it's good to hear and I'm starting to get the bug again and the itch again to really get back outside and start spinning my head off. But it's also good for just burnout. Like being able to switch up and kind of like shut down the DJ for a part of the year and go in and do something else I'm passionate about in broadcasting. You deal with that and then you'll have the same thing happen after broadcast season. You'll kind of get burnt out of broadcasting a little bit and then you can just switch gears and hop right into DJ, which is another passion. So I'm excited because March, I'm definitely getting back out here in these streets a bit more. And that's going to start off this week again, or most of the night, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. And then Friday, I will be spinning at 10 p.m. at Lulu. So just to get the DJ gigs out of the way, it'll be Thursday and Friday nights for me. Um, Back at Lulu, it's been a little while, been a few weeks, and I'm excited to be there and excited to be able to get back there a bit more consistently here in the coming weeks. Um, But I do still got games to call. I will be calling the conference tournament for the Northwest Conference Women's Basketball Tournament. It will be hosted at Willamette University in Salem as the Willamette University Wild Bearcats (laughs) have clinched first place. Yeah. They clinched first place in the conference. They They won the conference this year. In dramatic fashion. In dramatic fashion, for sure. It's been a very competitive conference. But behind them at the number two spot – is the Pacific University Boxer. So a big congratulation to our Pacific, our Pacific University women's team. They play second this year in the regular season in the Northwest Conference, which, again, is a very competitive one, especially from a top-heavy standpoint. Like, on the women's side of things, the top four teams have been clinched for a couple weeks now, essentially. Like, you, you knew you had a 95% chance of knowing who – the top four teams were ultimately going to end up being because the bottom half of the conference needed a lot to shake out in their favor to ultimately be able to overcome that. And it's just would have been a hard task to do. So it's a top heavy conference. The top four teams in the league have been battling it out all season long. And it's going to be highly competitive basketball. Now, the other two teams that made it are uh, Whitman College, who is the two-time defending champion in the Northwest Conference Tournament, having punched them, you know, an automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. And then you got the Puget Sound loggers. So it'll be one versus four. That game will be at 8 p.m. But the two versus three game, which will be Pacific University and the Whitman College Blues at 6 p.m., I will be on on the call for that game. It just didn't work out because of schedule conflicts, although I wanted to do the 8 p.m. game, which will be Willamette versus Puget Sound. I had a schedule conflict, so I'm not able to call that second game. But that first game, Pacific versus Whitman, I'll be on that call at 6 p.m. on Willamette, on Willamette's uh, website. And then I will come back the very next day because those are the two semifinal rounds on Friday. I will come back and call the conference championship game on Saturday which will be at 6 p.m. tip-off as well, and I'll be on the call for that. So I'm very excited. I've been calling the Northwest Conference for <laughs> quite some time now, and this will be my first time having the opportunity to be on the call for the Northwest Conference postseason, which is the conference tournament that, again, it's a nine, it's a four-team tournament. The top four teams get into the conference tournament for, you know, a single, el- single elimination tournament to try to – win a couple of games, and ultimately get into the NCAA tournament at the D3 level. It's exciting stuff, and I'm excited to be a part of it this year.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm going to be there too, man. I, I'm going to be in the stands just bugging out because Pacific, the, the cool thing about this is, is that what feels to me in my heart, because I've sat there and watched every single home game and called every single home game this year for them. Yeah, you have. And, you did. And, and and last year too. I yeah. I mean, last year too. And I've always felt like I kind of came into it like halfway through, you know what I mean. Although there were times in that season before, yeah, when McCracken was playing for Whitman, yeah, they made their first. I've done a couple of games with you,
0: yeah, yeah. You were you were around a yeah, couple of times, A couple of times, yeah. So you might have came in like later in the season yeah, or something right. like. I that was right. my experience, my first year at Portland State, where right. I came in like midway through the season. And started calling games there as the color analyst, um, and then yeah, just kind of roll right on, roll right on over, and here we are six years later. But um, I'm really, like you said, I think the Northwest Conference already is very dope. But I also like, kind of similar to <laughs> the women's NCAA Division One, I, I like the storylines coming into our women's tournament a lot more and we'll get to the men's cuz we got to congratulate the men here shortly but for the women's turn- tournament in particular like the storylines coming into it I think are just great not that the men's tournament especially us in particular have a bad storyline cuz we actually got a really good one too and again we'll we'll pay We'll pay our homage to Pacific University men. I'm a very proud alum, and we'll talk about what they're doing because they made the tournament as well. But on the women's side of things, because it's more of a top-heavy tournament and you kind of knew who those top top four teams were going to be coming in, and then, again, the men literally came down to the last day of play to be able to determine – who the four teams were going to be? We knew two weeks prior for the women. Like, all right, it's these four unless something really, really tricky happens, and it was nearly impossible for that to happen, and it didn't. But you've got Willamette, who has surged in the conference and has taken over the conference and has become the first place team. They're a very solid team. They've had with the first year head coach. With the first year head coach, you know they got they got. Pacific, who's the second place team, they lost to Pacific in double overtime the first time they played, and they beat Pacific on a buzzer beater three-pointer the second time they played. So that right there in itself is, is really dope. Now you move on to Pacific. Pacific has four graduate seniors that have played and really Changed this entire program. Right. Like, literally, <laughs> mm-hmm. th- this program was not that good not that long ago. <laughs> You're Like, really bad in, in that regard. And they literally turned this program around, and in their upperclassmen seasons made it to the conference championship game both seasons and lost in the championship game of the conference tournament. And the four best player, like I said, that kind of core four, if you will, Um, have all decided because of being able to have the freebie year for the COVID year in the middle of their career, they all decided to come play this season as graduate seniors because they want to get that title that they just fell short the last previous two years at being able to get. So big stakes on the line for them and their program and especially for those four that want to get it done this year.
1: I mean, they do that, and that's against Whitman those last two years. That's the best part exactly. about it, bro. Because so I guess the saying, number th-
0: which is the number three, three teams, team. Right? So we're so breaking we, down the storylines of this for y'all. We, we've
1: lost to Whitman two years in a row, and yep. both of those last two years, they were in Walla Walla, Washington. Yes. They're in Whitman. Yes. So, I mean, as as much as you want to distinguish, you know, whether or not home court advantage means something, this year it, it won't because yeah, it'll be, it's in Salem. It's in Salem this Neutral year. Neutral
0: ground. Neutral ground, and they get to play in the semifinal round this year after having played in the championship round the last that, two seasons. And that's, like, the story
1: arc, and that's the story arc that I'm working on. It's like let's just vanquish our demons in the first round here against Whitman, <laughs> get, get that comeback, third time's a charm. Finally, get yeah, them out of there. Yeah, because if any, because everybody in the conference knows that. Like, I mean, it's particularly the last like two to five weeks. Yeah, it's been Pacific and Willamette have been on this collision course with one another where it's like that's the best matchup in the conference. For sure. That's the two teams that have the most sort of smoke between each other. They were the two most competitive games that we've split against one another. absolutely. And so it feels like it's sort of a foregone conclusion that it's going to be Pacific and Willamette in the championship, and it isn't, though, it although is, it yeah, is not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm because, fully aware that it's not, but because man. Because that, that's the team with the most experience right. in this tournament is Whitman, even though, as you mentioned, they've been in first place the last couple of seasons and have hosted the conference tournament and all of their conference tournament games so this year it'll be a neutral site for them unless they end up playing against Willamette on Saturday but it's like this is the team that has made it to the NCAA tournament the last couple of seasons you know what I mean this is the team that is has become more of a powerhouse in this conference for lack of better terms where Pacific has kind of had to turn some things around. Uh, well, Willamette turned some things around and kind of Puget Sound was more middle of the pack. But you got to look at Puget Sound. They've been to the conference tournament the last couple of years at Four seed, and they'll be playing against Willamette, who's the one seed. Willamette has the least amount of tournament experience. Yeah, Puget Sound could def- definitely upset Willamette. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Like, like Puget Sound is a team that we Pacific have played in the semi semifinal round, the last of two, the last two conference tournaments, times, and we beat them both times to go to the championship and fall short to Whitman. So I just think the storylines across this women's tournament is just absolutely fire. Um, and, and because things have gotten shaken up in terms of site location and just kind of what this season means to all of these different teams, I really would suggest y'all to like tune into this. If you can't make it to Salem, which I know can definitely be a tough drive for Portlanders around that time, but oh, if you could if tune a in, drive,
1: man. Hitting it's now, just traffic, you know be what right. I mean? Yeah, you'll for sure. But
0: right. it's just traffic at that time on a Friday, but I'll be there through and through. As soon as I get off work, I'm striking it straight to Salem to go call that game for Pacific and Whitman, which is the two-versus-three game. But, yeah, Puget Sound's been to the tournament. They're trying to get past... They're trying to get past that semifinal round, you know what I'm saying? And they don't have to play against the same team that they lost to in the semifinal round the last couple of years. So they're probably salivating to go play against a less experienced Willamette team who's really good. Clearly, because they're in first place in the conference, they got good talent. But this is a different level. Things slow down a bit in the postseason, and it's gonna be it's gonna be some battles happening. Down in Salem. So if you really do enjoy women's basketball, and and which you all should. If you don't, who are you? But if well, you mean, really why do you enjoy to this podcast, exactly, because like, we get busy when it comes <laughs> to the women's basketball thing. I told somebody that the other day. It's like. Oh, I still like as you know. I, I call games for three different men's teams: Pacific, Portland State, and now the Rip City Remix. But I still got my women's basketball team mixed in there, which is this Pacific team that we're talking about right now. So I, I, for as long as I can be a part of the women's basketball ecosystem, I will be. <laughs> like I never want to not call women's basketball. And so far, thank you, thank you to Pacific. I've been able to do that. For quite a while now. And so um, that's why I'm so excited about it in this way. And I had to go, you know, reach out to who I had to reach out to to even be able to join the call. Because like I said, I've been there six years now. This will be my first time calling the conference tournament. So I'm excited for the opportunity. Because quite frankly, I love it. How about that? <laughs> What's the link? Uh, you go to Willamette's. It's it's Willamette's link. I don't have the link because sure. it's not our host link. It's not goboxers.com, but it's whatever Willamette's. Sports link is, and you go to the women's basketball, go to the schedule, and it'll have yeah. a watch link there for you um, that'll hyperlink you to the link. So go through a Lamin's feed. You're not going through Pacific's feed this time around, Um, but you could easily they navigate nice, yourself. They got
1: nice, like, the. F- it looks good. The filming of it looks good. They got yeah. nice cameras or something. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. It'll
0: be good. I'm excited to be able to join the broadcast alongside Jeff Lucero, who is the play-by-play for Willem. And so uh, shout-out to him for being open to the, my idea of saying, hey, I can make it to these couple of games, and I, I know he usually does it by himself down there. Got to say down there because it's Salem, so down south. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to join him. Yeah, and you don't make it he what he had.
1: You know, and I really want to see that across the board. Yeah. You know what I mean? In every one of these schools in the Northwest Conference and beyond, like, you really should be bolstering your broadcasting situation. Yes, because it looks good to boosters, it looks good to recruiters, it looks good to parents, it looks yeah. good to the players. Like it to, to me, it does. It's a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's a no-brainer, and, and that's like on a lot of levels. A, I do think it's going to come down to us doing things like this, and the broadcasters cross-pollinating and bringing that idea up. Right, because at this level, you're basically going to have you're going to, you don't have a network deal. You know what I'm saying? At this level, whoever the host team is, you run the broadcast and just do it like that, where I think it's really going to take the broadcasters being willing to cross pollinate, if you will. And, and, you know, just get together, create opportunities like these, create, you know what I mean? More work shown that you have of you and a partner and not just you by yourself. Cause there is an element to that as well. And, um, yeah I think I think it'll be dope that we'll be able to kind of do that in this way because I haven't really seen it done before. Yeah, people expect
1: that it looks a certain way at this level. They're like, well, that's just what it is right. but I don't I think that you even a lot of people would be shocked to find out that it's like no, no even with the stuff and the personnel that each school has at their disposal right now, they can easily double the quality of this, Yeah, like, today.
0: Today, yeah, for
1: sure. And it's sure. just a matter of getting people to be like, you know, hold your feet Buy to the fire it, a little yeah. bit and be like,
0: go, go do Go that. do it, yeah, for so. sure, for sure. Yeah, so now I'm excited about it, man. It, it'll be a lot of fun to be a part of. Again, I'll, I'll only be able to do the first semifinal round game, which will be for my alma mater, so that's dope, for the Pacific Whitman game. But still check out that Willamette versus Puget Sound game at 8. And then – The next day, I'll be on the call for this chip at 6 p.m. I said we got to congratulate the Pacific men, and we will definitely do that for the first time in 24 years. And, yes, my playing days are within those 24 years. (laughs) The Pacific (laughs) University men's basketball team has made it to the postseason, to the Northwest Conference Tournament, and they – I mean, first off, just huge, big-time congratulations to them for that. They were able to place third in the Northwest Conference, as I mentioned, top four get in. So you got to be good to be able to get into the conference tournament Um, At that level, because it's not just every single team gets in the tournament and you just see by best to worst in terms of whatever your regular season conference records were. But it's top heavy in this tournament. Um, Like I said, I think things were a lot more competitive top to bottom for the men's side, which is very impressive in itself that they were able to get the job done and get in. I think it, it speaks volumes to them, how good of a team that they actually are and have become. Because it's tough when you got to literally – it came down to the last game of the season to decide, you know, who the bottom two teams of those top four were going to (laughs) be. And so, um, you know, you had your top two teams in Whitworth and Whitman who held it down, and they kind of knew that that they clinched their spots the weekend prior, but – Those three, four spots were still open and available literally up until the last day of games in that conference. And all of those games get played. They tip off at the same time. So while we're broadcasting games and we're kind of following this race just to give y'all a little bit of behind-the-curtains look – We're also watching the other games and like streaming the other games with the laptop muted and just switching from tab to tab to see what's going on in that game so we can update people during the game that we're actually calling and broadcasting about the race and what's going on and how things can ultimately pan out. So it's a lot of fun doing it. Spencer, I want to hear from you. You got to call the game I wasn't there because I was at yeah. Portland State yeah you I and I, I hate that I wasn't there for this moment especially but you got to call the game clinching game the game, the game clincher, which ultimately became a win for us and was the last game of the season literally and uh just kind of you know paint the picture for us on what that was like to be able to call such a moment in history after 24 years of not making it to the postseason.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, obviously the women's game was first, and that was just sort of like a, a real, like, love affair with the team because so many, as you mentioned, so many graduating seniors that this is their last time that they're going to play a home game on this court. Yeah. And so that ceremony was just very, like, solemn, and a lot of tears were shed, you know. and really? obviously, Oh, yeah, of course, you know, like – I mean even even the underclassmen you know they've been through so much basketball together and so much tumult Yeah. because I mean the covid you know I think a lot of people you know when you talk about the extra covid year and there's been there's been stuff in the you know in the news cycle as of late uh, or, or surrounding the graduate years and like you know what people seem to think and not think about that but I think what gets lost is that that was like a really difficult time for the athletes on a lot of these levels, not yeah. just at the very tippy. Yeah. So like, yeah. There's a lot of uncertainty, and there's a lot of like, certain things happen on like a paperwork, like bureaucratic level that like yep. says, oh, hey, this person can't play now, and or, so, or something yeah. because this didn't, and you they know what went I mean? through
0: that the and women's team. yeah,
1: absolutely, they yeah. did, you know, and so like, you know, oh,
0: what well, a men's team went through it, but the women's team pro- did a protest exactly, surrounding you. exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly.
1: So I'm saying there's so much like complexity to. Just the what their team has gone through on
0: and off the court. Yeah. And it so, builds character in a real way. Yeah, it absolutely. Build, it builds out
1: who you become. Not to mention that they've been to the conference championship game the last two years in a row. So they've had extra basketball, extra travel time. So it's just it's a really it's a real family, that team. But then the men, there's only two seniors yeah. on that team. Yeah. One of which didn't play all year. Right. You know? So right. these are guys that are like not really experienced in these sorts of things. Obviously, haven't been there. Yeah, but 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 because of the fact that it was senior night, and the and the women's team are who they are, and and these guys had a legitimate shot. It's packed in there. Yeah, it was (laughs) rocking in there. And now that the students are back, the student section was full. Yeah, the the section behind me was full, and just from the tip, the stars came out and shined. Yeah, Luke Winkler and Devin Fortune both went gangbusters in the first half. Yeah. To the point where you're you're at, like, the second media timeout, and they're having to, like, try to clear the court because, I mean, we're up yeah. 20. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It crazy. was like that. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and everyone, now everyone's <laughs> pumped up, right? Yeah. Because up 22 at the half, you're going, all right, well, this is a foregone conclusion. We're probably going to win this. And yeah. then Linfield comes out just, I mean – Straight up sleepwalking out there. They they were unconscious. They 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 shot 80% as a team up until like the four minute mark of the second
0: half.
1: Damn. Hour. Just would not miss. Don. Yeah. And just coming and, back. staying Staying around. And now you can start to feel the tension in the room. People are tripping. Yeah. Uh, but they just, you know, that team came through and they they're playing their best basketball it, that matters. And you know it's funny at the time that it matters. And this is yeah. funny, I was thinking about because you remember, we've talked about this. Probably since the beginning of this season, and maybe even a little bit before that. Yeah, you've been saying this from your experience. You said, "I know this conference, and all you got to do for 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 that men's conference, yeah, you just got to be the best team in Oregon."
0: Didn't I say that?
1: You said that time <laughs> in and time out. Didn't I say that for the last however many years we've been doing this? Yeah, you got to be the best team in Oregon. Yeah. And sure enough, <laughs> at the end of the season, yep. how it shakes out. Pacific is the on best paper team in the Oregon. best team in Oregon. Didn't I say that? That's exactly what you said. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and, and so I'm really excited about that because these guys are good. Yeah. Are real good. And I think and 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 just, you know, talking about compounding the storylines, like we're we're also playing Whitman as it yes. happens. Yes, we are. The men are also playing Whitman. Who are the defending champions? Who are the defending champions? So that's gonna happen in the uh first round. Yep. Out there in Spokane, so on Whitworth yep. Whitworth turf. So yep. it's gonna be really fun. I have a really good feeling that I'm gonna be watching Pacific University men's team play basketball on Saturday probably on my phone as i sit in the stands, stands yeah, watching for sure, the women for sure. Play. it's going
0: to be so it's going to be exciting it's exciting time yeah. and, and it's crazy because because that's crazy you say that cuz i didn't even think about that coming into this and talking about this but i have always felt that way and and basically the conference for for you all to get kind of a lay of the land of what this conference is like the conference is a 9 team conference four of the teams are from washington you got Whitman Whitworth Puget Sound, and Pacific Lutheran. Five of the teams are from Oregon. It's Pacific, Willamette, George Fox, Linfield, and Lewis and Clark. And I, I've always said, because we've obviously been on a drought this for 24 years, and I've been around the program now for 10 of them, from a player and now as a commentator and a broadcaster. But like, I've always said you have to be the best team. For one, we have more teams than they do, even though they have more of the like powerhouse programs that are going to clinch one and two like Whitworth and Whitman did before everybody else got to clinch a berth. Whitworth and Whitman have been at the top of that conference forever. So you kind of know that that's going to be that. So now the odds for the last two spots are five Oregon teams versus two Washington teams. One of those spots is going to be for a team out of Oregon, one of those five teams out of Oregon. Highly likely that it would be that way. And, you know, obviously this year is two teams from Washington and two teams from Oregon that are in it. But the odds just favor us greatly if we're just better, and in that case recruiting better and ultimately becoming a better program than the four other teams that are – Within driving distance of us, like within an hour, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, so I've always felt that way. It's like we have to be the best right here first before biting off more than we can chew and trying to become the first place team in the conference because we just need to get in. And that's what it's going to take to get in. And And, we did just that.
1: And they're playing their best basketball. And I I said this weeks and weeks ago myself. I I don't – I've watched all of these teams up close all year and last and – Pacific is as good as any one of those teams talent-wise, top to bottom, Yeah, including the
0: widths. Well, I think think two things for Pacific. I think they have the best backcourt player and Mm. the best frontcourt player in all of the conference. I think Lucas Winkler is the best guard in the conference, and I think Devin Fortune is the best frontcourt player in all the conference. I mean, Winkler is just a wizard. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's just a superstar at that position. And then Fortune... Is 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 definitely the most athletic, and he's skilled. He can please got good touch around the basket. He, he can, can stretch, stretch the floor and knock shoot. down the three pointer. Yeah. He can slash because he's such a good athlete. So he just he unle- can play above his dynamism. His di- he can play above the rim like his dynamism is greater than any other front court player in the Northwest Conference, and so. I, with that alone, you feel yeah, good. Yeah, you're in there. You're feeling. good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like with that really good alone, good I'm that. feeling good in a one game. Because because the, if they both play good games, which the odds favor that, they're in it. Yeah. Well, they were, the, <laughs> they were both the only two players,
1: um, on at least our on our team that had twenty plus. Yeah, so they both just went crazy.
0: Yeah, you know? they just and, and and we went up and got up big, went up twenty two. You know what I mean? Even Jeez. though, even with eighty point second, I mean an eighty percent second half field goal percentage, percentage from Linfield, it wasn't enough to overcome that. And in a one game scenario, those two guys. I I would bet on that, you know what I'm saying, under those circumstances, especially since the supporting cast has all picked their game up and they're playing so much better too. So like you said, they're playing their absolute best basketball at the – at the best time to be playing it. Right. You know what I'm saying? As they enter into the postseason, having won seven of their last and nine in conference play. They're the something. hottest Wouldn't team. It? They're hot. Wouldn't it be something if oh, both Oh, that would be something. That would be something. If both won, oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be amazing. We and, should and, have a parade in Forest hey, Grove. Hey, hey, damn near. <laughs> damn near. No, because and you know what? Like I'm not
1: and like I was saying earlier about like, you know, with especially with the women's team, like I try to just be like. I just want to let you guys do your things and just be, like, an outside observer, you know, because yeah. they've put together something so special that goes back. I mean, Alicia's been there for six seasons, Coach Parker. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to be, like, as objective and outside, let them have their thing. But with the men, I feel a little bit more like, you know, I've been I've been to practices and, like, I've done the G League uh, uh, championship broadcast with Luke yeah. the last two, two years. Yeah. And so, like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm a little bit more – in the the process of them right, building right. something like a like a really strong program, so yeah,
0: yeah, for it, sure, it's dope. for sure, it's dope, man. Yeah, I, I felt that it – It's funny that you say that because I felt that way more with the women. Sure, yeah. Well, cause because you, the women have been you were better, you, yeah. you've been there the Cami Aguinaldo. Yeah, you I saw was there. Her come yeah, up too. I, I've been I've been able to be on this ride with them since they've turned the tide as a program, and so to be able to be a part of that, you know, I remember calling. Oh, I'm lying. I said it'll be my first conference tournament game. I caught their first conference tournament game when they made it that first year, and we lost to George Fox. So this is my second time being on the call, but not no biggie. But I had to think about that now as I'm as I'm thinking back when Pacific first made it. I, ooh, that was the year before COVID, 2019. We placed second, I believe, in the conference. And we hosted George Fox, who was third. George Fox beat us in the semifinal, but that was our first time having one of those crazy droughts as well, getting back into the conference tournament that year. And then we just been rolling ever since, going to a pair of conference championship games. And, you know, obviously we had the COVID year where we only played like nine games. So I've been around for all of that with them. And obviously I have for the men and I played for the men's program, but there was just more of a sentimental attachment to the women because of the success story that they have been, quite frankly, where the men, it was just, here we go. It's the same old shit, which is why this is such a huge deal, what they've been able to do now after 24 years of a drought. It kind of had just become the same old thing yeah, see, with the men's program. You, you know what I'm saying? It. I so, know, man, and it kills it's, me, bro, because I was yeah. on that call and I, was,
1: I yeah. was locked so far in, and so I was like, when we got to that point where it's like, all right, we're about to uh, hello, Ikea, our media guy comes up, sits next to me, he goes, okay, looks like we're going to win. We're probably going to storm the court. Yeah, I was like, okay, bet. I turn around in the middle of the game trying to call it, and I look up at the banner. Yeah, for the last time that you know what I'm saying we got there. Yeah, and I just see 99 to two. Okay, that's all I need, and then I just boom, I turn around and I do the math, 99 to 24 in my head. Yeah, I'm like, it's 25, and you hear me? I'm like, it sounds like. A 1979 Jack Ramsey call. I'm going, ah, it 25
0: years. And I was, yeah. and after,
1: like literally right after that call, I was like, no, it's tw- actually 24 years. It's 24, years. yeah.
0: And I'm like, man. Because it was the 99-2000 season. Yeah, exactly. so you gotta you got to exactly. do the math for the back end yes. of the season. Yes, And we're in the 23-24 season. I know that. Yeah. My dumb ass didn't in you the moment. You just read 99. I just, and I said, got and it. led to 24. I like, got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm about to murder this, guy, and I'm just wild. And, hist- and your history and, and, and was off. I got off. my history all wrong. <laughs> your, your history was a mystery. <laughs> <It's> like, <yeah>. Shit, <laughs> Your history was. A- it's all good though. There man. was we'll some it. mystery it's in your history. Good, though, but man. Hey your actual what? history is 24 the, the, years. The good
1: thing is, is that you know, uh, I'm hoping to be back there next year, and uh, you know, just to see more success. And I really believe, like, I'm not trying to say, like, you know, to. Like I'm, I'm not trying to toot my horn when I say this. I'm really, in, in a lot of ways, trying to toot your horn in the fact that, like, I don't think that it's a coincidence necessarily that the the development of the team's success, yeah, is bound and goes along with the success and the the growth and development of the whole athletic department and yeah, all of these for programs sure. surrounding it including the broadcasting. Yeah. You know cuz you agree. were the guy to be like let me do this and then yeah. let me add this and then that this was me and yeah. then get us down on the floor sure, and yep. like let's get
0: better this and, yep. and now and now we, we're we here. this has been the most quality season since I've worked at Pacific from a broadcasting yeah. standpoint. And again, it, it's funny you say that because obviously people have come and gone during that time period, but the people that have been around that entire time are reaping the benefits. I mean, you even think about a Keith Buckley, who's the athletic director, who at the time was a football coach. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, he was a foot, but he was there. You know what I'm saying? So he obviously is, is bound to that success going from head football coach. And if you want to go even from, his, from a sports standpoint overall at Pacific, we didn't have football for for some decades at Pacific right. and he brought football back and within the, his first 5 years got us a conference championship for the football program and this is in a conference that's in the same conference as Linfield. Linfield. If anybody if knows about know, Linfield football, you, go Google you that know shit. that Linfield is a powerhouse at the Division 3 have been since like the 50s. The, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like Linfield There's, is a, a legendary the 60s football and 70s are Period. Full stop. Period. Full stop. And so it's like, you know, now he's been able to kind of transition into the athletics director department. and, And I give him a lot of credit because going into the football season, we had the TV deal. He got us the TV deal with Coin Six. Right. And so I'm calling the TV, you know what I mean? And now you bring over all of it, all of it that he has invested into that. TV deal, you know what I'm saying? And now we're able to invest that into these basketball programs that we've been side-by-side with, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like all of the people that have been there and kind of stuck through it, have gotten into positions where, A, they're decision makers in different ways, or, B, they just have more tenure and they're, they've been able to build out their programs, whatever which way they saw fit. You know what I'm saying? Me, I've been able to grow and develop at Pacific as a broadcaster, and even if you look at what I'm doing beyond Pacific now, like, Pacific is where live-in-game broadcasting started for me, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where I got that opportunity and was able to develop, grow my confidence, have other people support me in a way to, to make me confident and, and knowing that it was the right thing for me to be doing and keep going. Then you get a Portland State job. Now you get an NBA G League job. Like The people that have stuck around throughout that whole time, I do think are, are reaping benefits in a different kind of way, in a way that we've all envisioned and saw fit for Pacific University sports, from players to coaches to to athletic directors and faculty, whatever the case may be. And us. <laughs> yeah, bring broadcasters. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we we had to come from very humble beginnings. There's plenty more where that comes from, too. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely plenty yeah. more where that comes from. So I'm excited, man. This is a good time. Y'all see how much time we and spending on this episode talking out, about man, it.
1: Because this is some good hoops you're missing. yeah
0: bro. For sure, for sure. And obviously we've spent a lot of time talking about it, but there was a reason for that because it's a big part of what it is that we do. And we're not the podcast that's just here to gossip for an hour. Like We like to talk about the stuff that we are a part of. Um, for one, we know how to do it in an entertaining way. For two, it is quality stuff. And for three, this is the way that we document what it is we're a part of, our careers, in a way that... Will last beyond us. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're literally able to be a part of this and document this in such a unique way where a lot of people, the only way that they can have a process like this is if they're talking about other people. We never wanted to be those people coming into this, not in an arrogant way, but in a way where, like, we weren't the clickbaity type of dudes like we want to be able to document this whole thing and this whole journey in a real way and and you ought to be able to kind of follow it in a real way and for whoever else gets introduced to us in future endeavors can go back and refer to this in a real way and so that's why um this all deserved to be talked about the way that it did here today but now we can gossip <laughs> <laughs> all right. what well, you want to gossip about you want to stick to sports for right now you want to go to music switch it up a little let, bit
1: let yeah, I'm I'm, I'm down with whatever you want to do, man, because I, I did – the music thing, I did see some good music lately that's been get, getting me thinking. But, you know, the sports I, I want to hear it. Well, well, I mean, well, I'll tell you, like – no, you know, like straight up, I sang the National Anthem at the game okay. the other day. Yeah, 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 okay? yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, and I'm not, you know – A lot. If I forget that people don't like know, a lot of people don't know that I used to play music like in a serious way. Yeah, and I want to make that more of a, you know, thing for myself because I feel like I don't know. Like it's something that I've done my entire life, and then without not doing it, yeah, I felt really good. I was like, man, like this is nice that I can like do other things. That's not bound to this thing that i make so much a part of my personality and like who i am yeah and like, you know what I'm, saying, what I'm about right but then like it just i got to a point where i was like no nah, man like like lately i've just been feeling the strain of like no dude i should just be doing this like yeah. i need to be playing all the time yeah what am i doing this is part of my
0: personality for this sure is part of who I <laughs> yeah, am. yeah it's part of your dna yeah and
1: and so and 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 to be honest dog like we were talking earlier off mic about just performances and how valuable they are yes you know and that music isn't being made on like a timeless level anymore there's not yeah. records that are seminal that we're going to hear for decades and beyond like a lot of stuff is ready to be thrown out pretty quickly yeah and um but the performances but the, last but long. The performances last man and i think i think people are getting to a point where they're like you know what dude i do want to hear some like real Sort of intimate, you know, like, uh, honest musical expression. Right. You and know, I'm like, I've been fucking waiting for you assholes to, to say that. You, you know, know what I mean? You know what's crazy about that is— Because I didn't like doing my band—I'll be honest, like, I like playing just, like, solo, intimate, or, like, small— you know what I'm saying, like yeah. R&B stuff. Doing that big band stuff that I used to do, it's, it's very, i didn't necessarily dig it so right, much. Right, right,
0: right. It's a you lot know what's, going on, bro. You know what's crazy? I, I you know, getting older, too loud. Yeah, in this sort of like social media content era, if you will, um, we kind of got to this point where we say like content is king, and for a while I've subscribed to that. And in some cases, I've been my own worst critic when it has come down to content being king because I'm, in a in a weird way, I'm not the biggest content guy in terms of I don't really dig promoting myself like that. I, t- I post pictures that other people take of me. I don't, like, you know what I'm saying? I don't put a camera up in front of me and put a face camera on and start just doing stuff in front of the camera, which in its own right is performing. But... Going going deeper into my point here ultimately is like I get content that I get from platforms I'm, I'm a part of. This is the most, and I do audio. I don't even do a video for this podcast yet. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm doing audio primarily where it's like I'm really more behind the scenes in terms of just who I am as a person. I kind of like that because a lot of my life has been kind of like you know, all being more of a performer a talent in front, whether it's as an athlete, as a broadcaster, as anything. So like in other areas, I kind of like being able to chill and be behind the scenes in whatever way that I could because it oh, feels good best. for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The it best. balances out the fact that I've always kind of been in front of everybody. And so um, I say that to say, though, regardless, everybody says content is king, but I think it's more so that performance is king even more than the content itself, um, because you don't get content without some iteration of performance.
1: Well, yeah, but, I mean, you're not doing something that's inherently, like, pure and righteous as a performance. If you're like, okay, let me set the camera up, and then I have this idea, and then it's like, oh, no, that take wasn't good. Let me... Delete that and then redo it and then, oh, what if I try like well that's because I just don't like that, man. But that's because that's m- vapid.
0: Because stupid. it's more so that's more so attached to business than it is the performance itself. Whether you got a camera or you're in a room by yourself, what's good is good. You know that as somebody that jams out in your room by yourself all the fucking time. And you feel like it's good enough that you should be jamming out in front of a hundred million by yourself all the time. I know, but I would never
1: think to put my phone up and be like let me go up on Instagram because it's detached live. from the performance.
0: Yeah. It it's detached from it's the goofy. performance it's, itself. And so I say performance is king because for a lot of different reasons. One, there's no content without the performance. You can't post something that has not been performed, even whether it's you saying something speaking, you know, playing playing music, dancing, Even if you're showing your ability to piece content together, like, there's an element of performance that comes out of that content because it'll show, like, damn, that was a well-put-together piece of content. Like, how did you do that? That was impressive in itself. But it's like, performance is king because performance not only drives content, performance is practice. I very well know that, and you very well know that from DJing and broadcasting. The more you're able to do it, you can see it from a play-by-play standpoint. You've been doing play-by-play for the first time at Pacific this year. You have live play-by-play, which is a performance in itself. You have gradually gotten better, and I've heard you gradually get better from rep to rep to rep to rep rep because it's also practice. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because you're getting your hands dirty, you're in it, you're live, and you're doing it. I've done that. In all of the years that I've been commentating and doing broadcasting and have been able to take the steps, I've been able to take because I've progressively gotten better by the performance because I'm getting rep for rep for rep doing that. DJing, same thing. I I definitely don't practice nearly as much as I would even like to when I'm not live DJing in front of somebody, but... As those reps pile up, while it is a live performance, it also is practice <laughs> because I'm getting better as I continue to navigate this thing and do this thing and perform. And so I think just on so many levels, performance is, is everything. And that's why I think the good tend to ultimately stand out. And that's not to say content doesn't matter at all, but I do think that we have put this sort of... um emphasis on the content more than we have the performance, but if the performance ain't good, the content likely Man, will not be good I, I, honestly,
1: either. <laughs> I honestly, I hope that it gets to that point, because I did that shit for, you know, a decade plus, where it was like, I wasn't on social media like that, I was yeah. just playing gigs yep. every night, and Cats wanted to come play, you know, they wanted yeah. to come sit in with my groups, and like, we just... Everybody did stuff every night that it was like, oh, yeah, like you can't really. You know what used to piss me off the most, bro? Playing, like I'd be wherever, you know, Soleil, Jack London, whatever. And you'd see people come in. I'd be standing on stage singing, and I would see people come into the venue. Yep. And then they would maybe order a drink, but they'd get their phone out and they do like an Instagram story with like their face in it or like take a video yeah. of being like in the space. You yep, know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. And then they would just leave after that. And yeah. I'd be like, yo, I'm not here to provide for your, like, cool Instagram story and then for you to bounce. That's a, yeah, <laughs> you know that's, what I'm saying? Like, I don't like that part of it, man. I tell you that happens to you a lot, DJing, bro. Uh, yeah. Where just people are like, ooh, cool, I'm in the cool place to be. Check Photo this out. Photo ops and then they are everything. I'm
0: like, man, see. Photo ops, content ops, that, like bro. all of that. Reviewing that. has become a big thing now. But it's that, like, it, it, and that's why I've, I personally detach myself from that. To keep sort of my mind as pure as possible when it comes to the art itself. I don't care if my friends, I have friends that do that, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care if my friends or if anybody comes in here for what their purpose of being here is, because once I get wrapped into that, it and it turns and in a way it turns me off from what it is that I'm here to do, which is to perform. Yeah. And so like. I've had friends that are like, oh man, I'm sorry because maybe they didn't go to my gig and they went to another gig and they felt that I may have felt some type of way about that. Like, no, I'm going to be here performing regardless if you come or not or how long it is that you come here for whatever reason it is that you came. I'm going to be here performing my ass off time and time and time and time again and it's helped me not to deal with sort of the politics of it as much. But there's also other elements of it where you can be better at learning how to navigate those things rather than just shutting yourself off from what it is other people are here to do. You can figure out a way a way to how can how can I appreciate you for what it is that you're here to do? and enhance what it is that I'm already here to do. And if it, if not, then just sit here and enjoy the music. But, you know, which is what the case ultimately ends up being majority of the time. But, like, yeah, man, I, I think you, you kind of got to learn to detach yourself from politics because it's very easy to get into politics in the performance space, no, I was, especially. No, I was more talking about, like... I'm not saying you. I'm just saying yeah. generally, more
1: generally... Like, yeah yeah for sure no no and you I agree with you because that is what messes it up yeah like there's no scenes anymore like there used to be music scenes because right. people were just like this is what we do every night a bunch of these bands come together or, or we play these gigs every night and yeah. we're trying to grow and get better and it's just not really that way. It's all become so commodified, but yeah, because of, con- of
0: content in yeah, a lot of ways. It, but it's still wide open. <laughs> still wide open. Especially out here, The performance bro. Like, scene is wide open, and again, especially out here in Portland. You, and you can guarantee the it. content to be quality if the performance is good. And that's yeah. where I think people have this backwards approach: is that we're saying content is king, but if you're putting out bullshit content, you're not going to see what it is that you want to see in return, and for, as far as engagement is concerned. And then it gets to your head, it seeps in your head, and it fucks you up from getting off the main mission, which is being able to perform your ass off at whatever it is and being the best at whatever it is that you're actually here to do that you're attaching this content to. Then you start to get in your own head, well, am I really that good? Well, maybe you just continue to get better at performing where you're undeniably good and the content will come your way, (laughs) People will want to shoot you. People, you'll get more gigs. There'll be more cameras around. There'll be more, you know what I'm saying? Like that's going to ultimately come with the territory too. And I think too many people have this kind of like reverse outlook on that. And then they fall in this shithole of like self-confidence and self-worth because the engagement that they think matters most is, like is they're now, not getting it. They're, they're not like, getting oh, it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I, I just can't roll like that. Yeah,
1: I prescribe to the voodoo belief that uh, take if you take a picture of somebody, it takes a little bit of their soul. So I think if I st- when I start playing, I'm gonna tell people to put their phones in a plastic bag. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding, <laughs> Ain't comedy. No, 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 no. What I'm about to do for real is just continue to not have social media. And just try that out for a while and just Mm -hmm. be like, you know, just promote the I'm going to promote shows here. And then that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to be popping up on your shows, bro. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be oh, yeah, I'm going to be know. stealing in toward the end of the night with a guitar, and I'm going to start. It's opportunities are there. Throwing baby making music down.
0: Yeah, those, I, those opportunities. I, 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 got, I got a goal. Hey, Twenty. I got a I got an opportunity for you to do that in the I, next two let's, weeks. Let's go. I'm there. I'm already <laughs> like there, got, bro. Like let's we could do that. I got a I got a spot that I'll announce yeah. to y'all. You know, in the probably on next week's episode, but. I got an opportunity that's already booked and ready to roll. Let's go. Let's <laughs> you know it. what I'm saying? It. So it's like. It, Whatever I, it is, I, the answer is I'm yes, about to bro. get Let's back go. into this DJing full time. You saw that Jeezy um, Tiny Desk? Yeah, of course, man. Thought it was hard. That's, that shit inspired me because it, I'm it, like, it, yo. It. Oh, and you, it was
1: performance. You, you can do that stuff and it still knocks? Yeah. Like yeah, cheesy timeless. stuff is like riding around in the city, yeah. Like knock it out your speakers type music. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. The band he put together was Ooh, so cold,
0: fire, and he was just and like violin so in command. Was, yeah, yeah. It was really nice. I bro. was a little disappointed because I think they, I think they were referring to Howard being there, which I'm assuming is Howard University, because I think they filmed Tiny Desk in D.C. If I'm not mistaken. Um, I think I could be wrong, but I think there was because they kept saying Howard is here. And the only thing I could think of was Howard University. But you got to figure like there was a few times where he would try to have these like sing along moments with the people in the crowd. And they, weren't, and they didn't, didn't know. Really know the but I'm like, like if you got some current Howard University undergraduate students here, they wasn't outside for this. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm rapping the music, and I'm getting mad, and I'm noticing the the parts where he wants the fans to sing along. I'm singing along with him through the screen, and I'm like, the fans aren't singing along. And he's having to tell them, like, come on. Yeah, they don't know about that Jeezy era, man. That was one of the hottest eras in hip-hop, hands down. Yeah, but
1: also, like, at the same time, if you're going to be a rapper like that, and you have classic cuts, because, I mean, let's face it, even if you're Jeezy or or Jigga, you're still going to have large swaths of people when you're playing in those moments where, like, they're maybe not going to know the words. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, some people, it's really difficult for them to hear what parts of the song that you're in if it's not in the same instrumentation. So right. So they, they don't really know where we're at in the song. That's why if you go to church, like, generally speaking, churches will hand you, you know, Hymn books. Hymn books. Yep. And be like, okay, you can follow along here. Cause they don't know. Right. And so as a performer, that was the one critique I had for Jeezy. That was like, he was trying to be like, let's go places. Let's hang on like these A sections and let's try to like stir something up. Yeah. And it's like, that's all, that's great, bro. But that's when you as the the vocalist, you got to get people into the patterns and into the participation that you're trying to get. And you have to do it in a way that you assume that they don't know.
0: Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you have yeah, to assume yeah, that they yeah, don't yeah, know. That they so don't So you got to yeah, do what you, you d- want
1: them to do a few times. Yeah, yeah, And you yeah, just yeah, run it yeah, yeah, over yeah, yeah. and over again. Like when he was holding the band at the top, top of, of that, like, uh, yeah do, do do the chorus over and over, over again. again. Teach While people the song right yeah, now. Yeah, right. You're right. Then you're you can right. go in and break it down and just have claps and stomps. Yeah. I, I could see what he was trying to do, but it's like, you're not, you don't, but you're, you know, he's cheesy. It's like, you don't you you don't have you haven't had to do that yet yeah so it's not it's in kind this of,
0: intimate type right. of a way and so it's fun yeah. for me to
1: watch these rappers because i because i think that that's where rap needs to go especially for some of these like artists that are sort of older now you know what i'm saying like of like the older guard the guys like we grew up on and yeah then, like, before us because just like what we were talking about earlier there isn't a lot of music coming out that's like instant classic like seminal stuff the so microwave era from there you go I like that term too. yeah it's so the yeah.
0: microwave era we give, we get new music day to day week to week we stream we just we just flow through it it's cool for a while and then we ride on to the next wave you know what yeah. I'm saying it's, it's definitely a microwave era of music but I think that's a very valid point in terms of uh that performance, but overall, I loved it. Yeah, uh, it was hard. His band was crazy. And he sounded he had a, great. He sounded great. He looked great. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's looked clearly good and like healthy. a
1: very, very good MC because yeah. he's just like, you know, he has command over the bars. He's going in and out of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's great, man. Jeezy sure. can have a legit like yo. If you want to keep doing stuff like
0: that, bro, yeah, run that intimate. Play. So yeah, I'm telling you, perform, man. Go out and perform this stuff. I think that's the way to He's go right now. He's got the records exactly, so they, you don't have to go back and get none. You don't. Right. That's the least right. of your worries. Yeah, yeah. So perform that shit, man. Like you know what I'm saying? I'm seeing people that don't particularly have the records, if you will, that are performing these records and flooding people with the performances of it, and that's how they're becoming the records. And again, we we're looking for all of these shortcuts to get to it, man. Go out. And perform over and over and over again, improve yourself over and over, and the opportunities will come.
1: Take (laughs) it from me, champ. You can you have to do it for thousands of hours. Yeah, like
0: go perform, and the opportunities will start to flow your way. And I, I, yeah, a lot of people are just looking for that, and because it's a microwave era, they're looking for a microwavable moment right you know what I mean they're looking to get that quick viral moment you know what I'm saying because that's what we're used to that's how we're used to consuming so now that's how we're attempting to put it out don't do that (laughs) those those moments and opportunities will come if the performance continues to get better and people are fucking with your stuff because now more people are going to be putting the performance out there (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and it'll catch on eventually in one form or another so performance matters man but um Before we get out of here, one last quick subject. Uh, We got to address the elephant in the room. And it's an elephant because a whole bunch of people have been hitting me up about it. And it is about this article that has come out that has said there has been a 49% decline in local television viewership for the Portland Trailblazers. And it's the worst decline in the NBA from last season to this season. I wonder how they even got those numbers. It's not on TV anywhere. <laughs> Where do they <laughs> even pull that data from, dog? <laughs> just and that's I'm what I'm to. Now, you got it, because I'm going to segue that into this. That's what I'm here to tell all of y'all that's wanting me to address the elephant in the room, and that is you can watch the Portland Trailblazers affiliate, the Rip City Remix, on Fox 12+. Plus. <laughs> Every home game. <laughs> okay. And yours truly will be on the call. So if you are lacking right. access to be able to watch anything Portland Trailblazer related, oh, I've got an option for yeah. you, folks. Tune in February 27th as we will be back at home and we will be on Fox 12 Plus that all y'all can access if y'all got some bunny ears right. and some antennas and y'all don't have to worry about not being able to access that. And I will be there giving performing, giving you entertainment. Right. I promise you it's good hot quality basketball. Some of these guys, you've probably even seen wear a Blazer uniform before, I tell you. Or come will. tune in, or will. <laughs> so it's like, if you're not invested, come on and tune in, man. You'll enjoy the yeah, broadcast. That- Me and my guy, Gareth Kwok, rocking out. And uh, and again, it's access. You got access to it, baby. If y'all thought I was going to come in here and shit on the Blazers for that, I, you thought wrong. I work for him, But because I work for him, I'm going to uh, promote what it is that I do for him, And that is, be the team. TV analyst for the Rip City Remix and our games air on Fox 12 plus. You can tune right on in, or you can even go to the G League website if you like and have access there yeah. as well. And I promise to put my best foot forward I mean, on that broadcast. I promise <laughs> so you, I will.
1: <laughs> so now it's funny too because, like, from my vantage point, when that when that came dropped, I was like, "That's funny." I didn't even think about that. Like, this is one of the most one of the more fulfilled basketball seasons as far as the Blazers have been concerned that I've had so far this year, and most of it's been going to Remix games. Yeah. <laughs> DVR and, and every one of those, yeah. you know what I mean? And so I think the ultimate point it stands is that, like, you know, whether whether people's opinions are valid, and they are, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, uh, ins and outs of that situation. Uh, but like you said, if you're invested in, the, in what's going on with the team, you know what I'm saying? We are then, a part of the process. Go, go watch the Remix. Go watch us. We're there. If you're really a, if you're really a basketball fan about this because I've been here the whole time, brethren. I've been here since the beginning of my life watching this team toil for the for most of this. A lot of you mother a lot of you people just <laughs> got here when Dame got hot after he, that Houston series. Like I've been here since before Dame Dame could come and go two more times and it won't be as long as I've been a Blazer fan. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like if you really are a fan, go watch the remix, well, Check big out dog. these remakes,
0: baby. We <laughs> check here. it out. We on Fox 12+. Pull up. Plus. I'm in the building. Access, Pull up. Baby, You'll see us there. Tune in. What's up? We there. <laughs> I ain't here to speak to y'all about no contracts and <laughs> no none of that. I'm here to tell y'all we got options. I'm not here to tell y'all about the relationship between no TV networks and no NBA teams. I'm here to tell y'all we got options. Get get with this relationship. Get in a relationship with what we got going on over here on this side. We got options, baby. Tune in. Like I said, next week we'll be back at it February twenty-seventh. Rip City remix back at home. And then we got eight home games in March. So it's gonna be a plenty of plenty where that comes from for y'all to be able to tune into because March will be the busiest month of the season for us this year. So make sure y'all check us out, man. On that note, we're gonna leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and, and go in.